Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Today's guests are two integral people who have helped continue to make a difference and positive impact in so many people's lives with their roles in the Pete Brown Junior Tennis Program. With a mission to grow and promote junior tennis as a platform for developing character, physical fitness, and lifetime achievement, both Marty Woods and Ann Starr are committed to helping spread the love of tennis to the inner city youth of South Central Los Angeles. Founded in 2009, Marty started this program to honor his mentor and service his community. He's built the program on the cornerstones of commitment, leadership, and community and provides juniors access to consistent tennis, as well as tournament training, mentoring, academics, and so much more. So instead of having me go on and on about all the good that they've done, I'm so excited to have them here and speak with Marty and Anne from the Pete Brown Junior Tennis Program. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks Yay. for having us. Of course. I'm We're so excited to be here. Awesome. So I kind of wanted to start right from the beginning. Who was Pete Brown? I know, Marty, you have a deep connection to him. And how did he influence you? And how did he inspire you to start this program? Wow, that, that's a great question. Pete Brown was a mentor and a coach who had a program in the inner city of Los Angeles for over 40, 45 years. Okay. Pete had plenty of opportunities to take positions in corporations or to do coaching for big universities, but he really wanted to make an impact in the community. So when I was seven years old, me and my two older sisters were walking to the tennis court that Pete Brown had his program at. So Pete Brown reached out to us and basically called us over and said, hey, kids, would you like an opportunity to learn a wonderful sport like tennis that can provide many other opportunities for you guys? So this is this was like in the 70s. So me and my sister really didn't understand what tennis was. So we kind of looked at each other and we were like, you know what? Well, we don't know. <laughs> so Pete really he saw that kind of confusion. So he took it a step further. He went and got a new brand new racket and he showed us that racket. And we were like, oh, my God, we can actually get a brand new racket for participating <laughs> in this program. So, of course, we ran home, asked our mother, could we sign up for the program, brought her back out. They had a quick conversation. And that next Saturday, we were a part of the program. Nice. And it was a really tough area. So I was able to go to a weekly program. After school, I was able to go and get lessons from Pete, life skills, and actually stay out of trouble. So it really helped me a lot. And actually, I had gotten good really fast. So by the time I was in high school, I had a few colleges that were kind of reaching out to me. Pete Brown was actually the head coach at a junior college in Los Angeles, a community junior college called Trade Technical College. So Pete had an opportunity for me to go to a JC if that was the route I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. But I had three Division I scholarship offers and Pete kind of set me down and we went over all three, went over the pros and cons and I selected Jackson State University. Nice. So of course I went and played my college career and then after I finished school, I was able to get into the working market and started helping Pete out here and there. Pete started getting sick around 2008 and he called me up. He said, look, Marty, I'm kind of slowing down. Would you volunteer more of your time? Come out and start helping out. 
Of course, I jumped at the the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right around 2009, Pete unfortunately passed away. So I wanted to keep his legacy alive. So I got together with some key people, some volunteers and local community activists. And we started the Pete Brown Jr. Tennis Program in honor of Pete Brown. So that's where we are now. Nice. Now, maybe we can give an overview of exactly what all you guys provide. Your website is awesome and extensive and has all kinds of information. And it's great that there's so many opportunities for these kids. But what exactly does a week of tennis look like? And what else do you have going on at the Pete Brown Junior Tennis Program? So number one, Pete wanted tennis free for the community. Because as most folks know, in tough communities, it's more issues of eating, being able to provide clothing, being able to provide blankets and stuff for the winter days. So number one, we kept free lessons. We have free lessons five days a week for the community kids. So we wanted to push it further. We wanted to add academics. So we started an academic program. So now each day at Harvard, we have tennis, we have academic tutoring, we have languages, we have Mandarin Chinese instructor come over and teach our kids Mandarin. So we're doing languages. And we also have different mentors come in and mentor the kids, encourage them, talk to them about different opportunities for jobs, education, and that sort of thing. So we have a full scope. We have on-court activities. We also have academics and we also have mentorship five days a week at Harvard Park. And we've been very fortunate too. We have a room right off the courts in the center there that is devoted to our academic program and it's got computers and new furniture and we've kind of dressed up the room to make it somewhere nice for the kids to come to, to do their homework and get some help and have the resources that they need before and after tennis to get their work done and the support that they need for that, which we think is really great. Definitely. Now, how many kids per week do you guys see and how do you get new kids involved or how do you even spread the word about your programs? Well, right now we have about 65 to 75 kids that participate weekly. Nice. How we go out is we reach out to the local schools. We reach out to the local community centers. We reach out to the Boys and Girls Club and we're active in the community. And we also belong to an organization called the Community Coalition. Okay. So what they do is they support the government agencies like the fire department, the police department, the sheriff department. So they bring their at-risk kids to us also. Awesome. And we provide those outreach programs to them also. So That's so cool. Talk to me a little bit about some of the backgrounds of these kids. What kind of families are they coming from? What kind of adversity are they dealing with? I'll let Ann speak of that because she's done a lot of that research. Yeah, almost the far majority, probably 90%, are either Hispanic or Mm African-American. And in this particular area of South Central, the statistics show that at least 35% of the families living in that area are at or under the poverty level. And we certainly have many, many more families that are living very close to that. So just daily needs are very much a struggle. And I think this is what's so great about the Pete Brown program being free is that that's a pretty tough thing to do these days to run a free program for kids every week, all year round, constantly. And yet I think what Marty and his coaches are doing down there is just phenomenal because we are keeping these kids busy out of trouble. We're supporting them with a fun thing to do in a safe place and also helping them academically. So it's kind of a whole package put together 
for children that are somewhat at risk in this area. There are gangs in the area, the bloods in the crypts, and it's just a tough area of LA. So we are trying to carve out a little niche there that's a safe little haven for kids to come to after school. Most of the parents are working till probably 6, 6.30, whatever. So their kids need to be occupied with something busy to do and be supported and mentored and paid attention to. So that's one thing that we've really done well and have supported to make sure it's successful for these kids so that they know that they're cared for and they are getting the attention they need and the mentoring and and to stay out of trouble doing something fun like tennis. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, just listening to this, I feel like it's such a hard thing for me, someone like myself to even comprehend and understand. But it's so cool that you guys are providing such a great service. Now, talk to me a little bit about the environment and what it's like being out there on the court. What kind of coaches do you have? Are some of the coaches former players of yours? I can only imagine it's very fun, very positive when you're out there. So tell me about it. Great. I'll I'll take that one on. Um, We pride ourselves with hiring community coaches okay? because that way we get coaches that are invested in the community Mm -hmm. and that have history in the community and that are passionate about the community. So these are former students of Pete Brown. Cool. Some of these coaches competed for Pete Brown at Trade Tech Junior College. Some of these coaches and mentors actually went off to big Division I schools and now come back to Harvard Park to donate their time. And we really are proud of this program because we're able to employ community coaches. We're able to get them the education that they need as far as all of my coaches are PTR certified and PTR is is a professional tennis registry. So they actually have insurance that allows them to come out on the court and they get higher education. We're consistently sending them to educational programs, which helps them better themselves so they could be more employable and make more money in the future. Another thing we're doing, too, is we make sure all of our coaches make sure that we're mentoring the younger kids so that the younger kids can actually come back and give back. A lot of our kids use our program for community service points within their schools. So they're constantly bringing their friends and they're constantly bringing other students to our program to help out for community service points also. So I'm really excited about what we built because number one is community coaches that live in the community that are Mm -hmm. a part of the community that are working with these kids and they're bringing back friends and folks that they have met along their journey to actually come back and help out also. That's awesome. I was down at the courts a few weeks ago and there was a young lady, probably about 16 years old, who was kind of standing against the fence watching what was going on. And I kind of invited her to come over and play with me on a court. She said she's never hit a tennis ball before. She didn't really know anything about the program. So we got her out there and it was just she and I kind of one-on-one for a good while, you know, trying to get her to hit a few balls and just kind of talk to her and whatnot. And she was so delightful and we had such a nice time and she really got better even within like 20 minutes of kind of keeping her eye on the ball and hitting some and I was so delighted to hear that following week that she showed up again with a friend. And apparently, Marty, you said she's been coming somewhat regularly now, and she really liked it a lot. And those are the kind of kids that we really love to encourage to come and bring a friend and try it out and see if you like it. And maybe it's the next best thing for you. And it doesn't matter how great you get at it. It's if you enjoy it and you come out and 
you know, bring your friends and, and come for some free tennis and have a good time out on the court doing some exercise. It's all good all the way around. And I agree with that. This young lady has now, she comes out every weekend now. She's bringing her adult relatives because we actually have an adult program. Oh, cool. Of course, we want a place for the parents to feel safe and to have an opportunity. So we created an adult program. We have two courts dedicated to the parents and volunteers. So she actually went back to her community and brought three adults back that now participate in our adult program while she participates in our junior program. So that was big. And that's what I do, too. Also, Annie has that same compassion. And I have that also. You know, if I see a kid walking by the court, I immediately reach out to that kid. But that was huge what Annie did because now she's found something she's passionate in and she comes out every week since that. So that's big, Annie. I appreciate that. Well, it was fun to do and fun to see someone who really enjoyed it and just needed some attention and a little cajoling to get her on the court and say, hey, you know, come do this with me. It's, it's Give it a try. And that's exactly what happened to me, you know, when I was walking to the courts with my yeah. sister. And so. look where you are now, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> well, that leads me into another question. How did you guys meet? How did you get involved, Annie? Oh, this is my favorite question because... Uh, <laughs> It was pretty funny. There, Marty was at our club here in Calabasas, California okay. for a, basically a men's tournament. And I guess some guy didn't show up for this doubles tournament. And one of the coaches up there said, Annie, we need you in this. And I'm like, what? I'm a lady. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't play men's level. I'm not that good. And he said, no, no, I just need you to fill in so it, you know, it doesn't mess up the whole lineup. So they put me with Marty and poor Marty. I felt so sorry for him the whole time he was with me because we were just getting creamed. Actually, I was getting creamed because all these guys (laughs) would slam balls at me and I would miss. And I was so impressed with Marty because he kept saying, no problem. Come on, we can do this. And let's get the next one. Don't worry about that one. And he was so positive. And I thought, oh, my goodness, anybody who can put up with me like for a whole afternoon (laughs) of constant losing, it has to be pretty miraculous. And then I had found out that, Marty, you were trying to maybe win this tournament to get some money for your kids in the city. So now I have this huge guilt complex. (laughs) And after we lost, I got Marty's card. And I said, you know, I'll stay in contact with you, which I'm sure he thought, oh, this is going in the circular file under the desk. (laughs) But I did call him back. What was it? Maybe a week or two later, Marty? Yes. Something like that. One week. week. Yeah. And I had some good news for him. I had some donations and clothes and rackets. And, you know, I think my goal was to make sure I gave him way more than the value of what he lost dollar wise (laughs) in this tournament. So we kind of instantly became friends. And I found out more and more about what he was doing down there in the city. And I was so impressed with not just you, Marty, but everything you do to help these kids, help kids that really need the attention and need the help. And honestly, with our son, who's a division one tennis player in college currently, you know, I know the expense of it. I mean, he's flown all over the country to get to that level and the mm-hmm. expense of private coaching and all these things. There is no way someone who's, you know, right at the poverty level can be affording this. So I really felt like it was a good way for our family to give back and and be a part of something that we really love doing, which is tennis and playing ourselves. We all play. Even the dog catches the balls. <laughs> so it was a nice way to kind of get involved with something where I saw someone so passionate, and that's Marty, to really give it his all and all his coaches to something so good and so needed and so unfair to children that can't afford, you know, to play tennis and to uh, 
you know, get private lessons and all these things. So I really loved what he was doing. And it's been just my pleasure and our family's pleasure to continue to support everything they're doing down there in the city to all these children and see the great results that we're getting out of it too. Marty, you just sent off one kid full scholarship to uh, Berkeley this fall, which was amazing. Yes. And one thing too, Michelle, is, is yeah. Star actually came to the community. I mean, that was so big right after yeah. we met actually came to the community and actually saw what was going on. Like most people, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mm -hmm. she actually came to the community, which was big. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's just a delight every time we go down there to see the kids and how happy they are and just having a great time and getting some good, Marty, you're getting amazing results out of these kids too. They're getting really good. So that's fun to see. I was going to ask, you guys keep using the word community, and it sounds like such a tight-knit little family. And I know even growing up in tennis, the people you practice with and your coaches, they become kind of part of your family. So there must be a very family kind of vibe when you're out on the court. And maybe you can talk about how the players actually interact with each other and how they motivate each other and kind of keep each other, I don't know, I could only imagine that if you're going through a hard time with your family and your life, to have this built-in family that you can escape to on the tennis court, it must save a lot of people from going the wrong way in life. I agree with that 100%. And I think having these alliances with the LAPD and the fire department and the councilman's office, they provide us with resources. So recently, there's been a little bit of gang activity around the park. Okay. And what we've done is we've had the LAPD come and basically talk to our kids, volunteers and mentors of how to handle yourself in a situation where if something happens. Yeah. You know, who do you call? What do you do? Who do you approach? Yeah. That was huge. Also, giving these kids an opportunity to have mentors Mm -hmm. and to have folks around and actually listen to what they have to say and actually take what they have to say and actually process it. We had kids that needed help with homework. We had kids that parents needed help with how to go out and how to fill out a resume Mm -hmm. or how to to go and look for a job or how to act in an interview environment. We offer all of that stuff. So now it's to the point now where most of these guys just basically come to us and ask. I mean, it took a minute to kind of break that down, but we're in our 10th year now of this program and we broke down a lot of barriers, Michelle. We broke down a lot of stigma. We have most of our families... I wouldn't say the majority, but a lot of them have mental health issues. One of our board members actually sits on an organization that works with mentally ill folks. Um, It's called NAMI, um, which is a big organization. So we have those resources. That's amazing. So when these parents ask for it, we provide it. And even sometimes we even see it coming down the pipeline, we're able to kind of nip it in the bud a bit. Yeah. One of my other favorite things that I love that we're involved with the LAPD is every December we have a huge event down in the inner city for all the children where we have a fun-filled day of tennis and lunch and Santa Claus. And then we give out literally well over a thousand wrapped toys and gifts. So this is a big fun day for the kids. And what I love on this day is I always drag the LAPD who are usually kind of standing around, you know, talking, watching everything. And I get them on those courts and I say, okay, when the kids play hit for prizes and they stand on one side of the court and hit a ball over the net and try to hit a prize with the tennis ball, that prize is now theirs. So I love it when the police are on the tennis courts handing those gifts out to the kids because it's such a great rapport Mm -hmm. between children and the police at a young age to be handed 
you know, Christmas wrapped gift from the police department. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter where these gifts come from or who gave them. It's the act of that a cop is handing you your Christmas present. And for a lot of these children, the gifts that we give out at this event, that's all they get. There's no other Christmas for them other than the the toys and gifts that they get on this particular day. So to be handed something from the police department, I love that because I really feel like it gives a positive relationship going between a child and the police department. And if we can plant that seed in an early age, I think that's a very healthy thing for the whole community. For sure. And I agree with that because that's a huge issue also, Michelle, is the relationship between the community and the police department. There's a lot of issues there. So mm-hmm. actually the police being involved with the kids really helps break down some of those barriers and looking around a lot through the communities. I don't really think other programs are doing stuff like this or actually right. bringing law enforcement together with the community and help bridge some of those, those issues. Yeah, you guys have really done the full picture, which is absolutely amazing. And I can only imagine has been a lot of work. Something else that I really admire is you are working on developing kids as a full person. It's not just here, you're going to be really good at something athletic or you're going to make sure you finish your homework. It seems like it's a very full person, like let's make sure we're doing things the right way and treating people with respect and all of that. And maybe we can circle back. You just mentioned that one of the kids recently went to Berkeley on a scholarship. And I can only imagine for a younger kid that that is just someone that's such a role model for them too. So maybe talk about that person and how he or she went up through your program and is now playing college tennis and what kind of role model they are now for the younger ones. I really get excited when I talk about this because Kent is the epitome of NJTL. He started in one of the toughest areas in Los Angeles, which is Compton, California. And fortunately enough, there was a park right across the street from where he lived that he was able to go and join an NJTO program. And NJTO is the National Junior Tennis League, which was started by Arthur Ashe and Charlie Passarelli in the 70s. So kids in communities could have opportunities. So kid was the poster child for NJTL. He started there. He was able to develop his skills by participating in NJTO organization. He was mentored by an NJTO coach and he took a different route because as he got better, he didn't play the normal tournaments that most kids play because of his financial situation. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't able to go, like Annie said, her son was able to go to the nationals and, Mm -hmm. and he was able to go here because he didn't have the funds for that. So basically he had to stay in the community and really trust his NJTO and community coaches to help develop him and to help with his progression. So he stayed dedicated. He listened to his mentors. He reached out to his mentors and stayed on a path. So when he graduated from high school, he went to a junior college, which most kids at Kent's level go to division one schools, but Mm -hmm. Kent didn't have the opportunity to go to these big tournaments to get seen by the bigger colleges. So he had to take a junior college route. So he went to Cerritos College. Okay. And once he entered Cerritos College, he really shined. He finished his season 22 and 0. Wow. His junior college team won the team championships. Kent won the single individual championship and Kent won the doubles. Wow. So of course he was on the radar. He was contacted by UC Santa Barbara. He was contacted by USC and also Cal Berkeley. Cal Berkeley really stepped up. 
they did something that was big. They actually came to our community, Michelle, spent time in our community, flew Kent and his parents back to give Kent and his parents an opportunity to see how it was in Berkeley up north. Mm-hmm. And that kind of just sold it for Kent. Nice. He immediately signed his letter of intent and they offered him a full scholarship. And of course, we celebrated in the community. We had a yeah. huge celebration for him. And Kent continues to come back and help the younger kids and share his stories and share the process with all of our kids. And here we are now. Wow. And Marty, you have other kids that have gotten scholarships too to college through your program. So Kent is one of our latest ones, but I know you have other ones as well. So it's each and every one of these kids that we can help in that direction is huge. That's so cool. And I think that's just another way that you can help explain to these kids that just because it's not the conventional way or not the way that everyone else seems to be doing life doesn't mean that it's not going to work out for you. So that's such an interesting dynamic that they can learn and just kind of keep chipping it away. And I think you said it perfectly is he really trusted his coaches and his mentors to help him. And he believed in that. And wow, that's what a story. That's so cool. Yes. We're really proud of him. Yeah. Really, really proud of him. Definitely. And he will be at our December 14th event, giving back like always with a huge smile on his face, encouraging kids. So that's amazing. I love that. And I hope that he continues to succeed and, you know, inspiring so many people along his journey. That's amazing. Now, do you guys have any support from any of the professional players out there? I know, you know, LA has some pros. Do you have any support from them? Well, we have more support from sponsors okay. than we do actual pros. I think, who do we have down there? Uh, we had the U.S. Open help redo our courts with Chase Bank, oh, which cool. was wonderful. I saw a picture. Yeah, they look amazing. Yeah. Oh, they were very cool. And that was a big help to, you know, really beef up the courts and make them look great. And the kids have enjoyed that a right. lot. We've had more sponsors. I mean, Tennis Warehouse has been absolutely instrumental in helping us every year with shoes and rackets and supplies and things that are so well needed. A lot of the tennis bags that they give us are backpack oriented. Those kids use those for school. So it's not just a tennis bag to them. It's a, a backpack for school. A lot of the parents have told me that. The USTA, the United States Tennis Association has been very helpful in many ways of helping us market the program and, you know, again, providing a lot of equipment and things that we need and just general support. So over the the last 10 years, we've gone from, it was kind of funny because someone reminded me the other day that they helped with their SUV to bring things down to the city 10 years ago. And now Marty has to rent a huge moving <laughs> van to get everything down to the city once a year for our big event, which includes, you know, balls and rackets and prizes and toys and so forth. So we're delighted to have all these things and have more and more sponsors on board to kind of understand what we're doing and that these are the children that really need the help mm-hmm. and the support. This isn't, you know, fluff stuff for somebody else. These kids really do appreciate everything that they're getting and and they really do need it. So our sponsor list has gotten bigger. We would love to have more tennis celebrity kind of pros show up. That would be wonderful. It's been difficult for us to get that. Marty, who was down there when we redid the courts? We had 
Coco Vandeweghe. Nice. Yes. That, which is great. I'll see if I can reach out to a few people and see if I can get any support because I oh, think, I mean, I know they might not be the top names that you know, but I know there's a lot of players out there who definitely once, if they knew the stories that you're telling me would want to be involved and I'll pass it on for sure and see what we can do. Well, boy, if they want to feel some holiday yeah. spirit, big time and a really fun day, everybody who comes said, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's so fun. It's great. Last year, we had 431 kids uh, sign in and we know there are at least 40 or 50 that snuck in, which is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Keep a head count on it. And we do feed lunch to everybody and Santa's there and it's just a very positive, very fun day, especially if you love tennis and just, you know, I need people to help volunteer to hand out free stuff and, you know, just high five kids and put stickers on their shirts and all that kind of good stuff. It's all very, very positive, very fun. And I, I never, it's my favorite day of the year. And, and one person team that I want to give a shout out to is Lisa Leslie. She's, okay. she's not formerly a tennis player. She's a basketball superstar, <laughs> yeah. but she supported us big time until she moved away from Southern California to Florida. So That's she awesome. was our big sort of ambassador to help okay. us kick off the event. But unfortunately, she had to move. But wow, I do want to give her shout out. Uh, Lisa Leslie, if you're listening to this, we really appreciate all you, you did for us. And we miss you. Yes, we do. And she was terrific with the kids, really mentoring them with some good information. And she even mentored our son with great information. So she's just terrific in every way possible. That's very cool. I have a few more questions. I actually could talk to you guys for hours. I'm so fascinated with all the work you've been doing. Now, Marty, this question's for you. Did you always see yourself doing something like this for your work? Or when you graduated college, did you think that you would be in more of a business world? Or how did you envision your life? And how does it compare to what you're doing and how you're impacting so many people now? Well, it's funny because when I first went to Jackson State, IBM had actually donated a computer called, it was a data processing system. They had Jackson State actually received a grant from IBM. And I enrolled in that class yeah. my freshman year. So a love affair begun with me and computers. <laughs> so I continued to work in data processing. I did a little programming. Okay. So right after school, I went into my profession, which was the IT sector. Okay. But I continued to play tennis. I continued to compete mm-hmm. in what we call the senior circuit tennis players. And I did pretty well. Yeah. And I started helping different kids develop. And I sort of went back and forth and helped Pete. But what really got me fascinated is when I started helping this one young lady named Shayla Fulton. Mm -hmm. And she was a project that Pete had. Pete called me up one day and said, hey, Marty, I really need your help with Shayla. She's developing now. I need your expertise. I need her to see your big ball. Yeah. And that, that, that that's funny because I always, big ball is like my go-to signature slogan now because that's <laughs> what Pete used to always say, big ball, big ball. So he was like, well, Marty, I need you to really help mentor and get her to the point where she's playing big ball. So I drove <laughs> out there. I met with her and her family and really started spending time with Shayla. So as Pete started losing his energy and then unfortunately Pete passed away, I really took them on as a project. Mm-hmm. So I started saying to myself, hey, I could do this for many more kids mm-hmm. who are in the same situation as Shayla. And 
Nobody picked up the baton, Michelle, and moved it. After Pete passed away, things just kind of laid in limbo. Nobody Mm. actually took that baton and moved it forward. So I said, you know what? I need to do this. I need to do this for what he did for me, how he inspired me to help Shayla. I can make this happen. So that's when I decided to start the Pete Brown Jr. Tennis Program. And fortunately enough, the blessings started coming. That's so cool. You know, and it just grew. And that's when Pete sent me to Marty. Yeah. Oh, you guys, I have goosebumps. (laughs) I love this. I love this stuff. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. It's like everything, everything works itself out. Everything's meant to be. It Um, happened organically, I think. Yeah. Which which was good. You know, it wasn't for profit. Yeah. You know, so I thought that was a big, big turning point. For sure. But go ahead, Michelle. I I apologize. I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. You're fine. No, I I mean, even not whatever, but even just talking to you guys, I'm so excited that I'm so shocked this wasn't on my radar before recently. And I grew up in LA and I I didn't know about this. And I used to work for NJTL. And I'm actually really excited for December 14th. I really am looking forward to hopefully making it my new favorite day of the year. And I'm really excited to see how it all how you touch so many people in so many different ways. I guess a a couple more questions before I wrap it up. Like I said, I could keep talking to you guys and asking stories, but maybe you could kind of get into the tough days that some of these kids deal with, because I don't think it's not necessarily something that I can relate to. So you are there for these kids, no matter what they might have just experienced. Maybe they just had the worst day of their life and their worst day of their life is probably a lot worse than what I've dealt with on my bad days. So talk to me about that. Talk to me about some self-esteem and how you build the self-esteem up in these kids and how you continue to just keep molding them and pushing them forward. Wow. That, that's a really good question. I have a, a story for you that, that's yeah. really impactful. I think there's two twin boys that live a block away from Harvard Park. They were coming out sporadically. Mm -hmm. I wanted them to participate in the program more. So I thought, why are they not coming out consistently? Yeah. So I walked to their house and knocked on their door and spoke with their mother. Turns out their dad was murdered in the streets of LA by a police officer a block away from their house. So number one is the mother didn't want them to come out because she felt that something bad would happen to them. Number two, the kids were frightened to death of the police, the LAPD, because of what happened to their dad. So I immediately, basically, I gave the mother my condolences, and I went back and I got my mentors together, some of the guys that I really trust in, and we had a conference, and we thought of some things. So the first, so we came up with a great idea. So I went back, picked them up and picked their parents up, and we had a meeting with the LAPD at the park. Basically, the kids really didn't know what was happening. We actually... Mm -hmm brought the kids face-to-face with the LAPD and we talked about it. We talked about the situation. We talked about what their history is, where they could go if they stay on the right track, what Mm -hmm. happened to their father and it mend the relationship. Yeah. After that, Michelle, they were back out every day. And guess what? The police officers started coming out and started playing with the kids. So the police officers were actually hitting with this young man and encouraging him to come out. And now they're both playing high school basketball. They come out regularly and that's that. So that was a big, big impacted story, I think. Yeah. 
And props to you for caring so much about these kids. It just goes to show your character that it doesn't matter who they are. You're genuinely concerned and curious and continuing to help out. That's amazing. One parent asked me if I would continue to mentor their daughter yeah. who's on Marty's group. And I do. I it's A lot of it's by text or she'll send me a report card or she got an award at school or I'll ask her how her day's going. And just I stay in constant contact with them and I do see them you know, from time to time, but it's, it's much more of a weekly thing just through texting mm-hmm. and asking her how she's doing and, you know, good luck on your test coming up. And I'm so proud of you. And it, just to have someone else there besides her parents to just kind of, you know, be a positive force. And I'm, I'm delighted to do this. And it's been my pleasure to think I'm, you know, helping influence a, a young lady to do her best or be the best she can be. So that's something I enjoy doing on the side. I love that. That's amazing. And Michelle, these two boys are doing fantastic, too. We actually took them to the SC, USC, which is a university that's really close to our community park. Yeah. Kind of explain the story to the coach at USC, which at the time was Peter Smith. Mm -hmm. He really had an open heart for the boys. So they actually suggested a a mentorship program on the campus of USC to give these boys some help. And now they've completed second year in this mentorship program on the USC campus. That all happened because I went and knocked on his door. So just a quick add. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think getting them on college campuses is such a great way to plant that seed that, you know, this is something that can happen to you. Even if they're over there when they're eight years old and you see a college campus and you're on it, especially like USC or UCLA, it's like, wow, this is pretty cool. And it just sort of lets them know this is definitely reachable for them as well. You know, you study hard and you work hard at what you're doing. And it maybe this isn't the campus, but it's a pretty cool place. And it's certainly something to uh, think about and plant that seed in their little heads that college is a pretty cool thing to, to think about and to achieve. For sure. And maybe that's another podcast, Michelle, our relationship with USC. Yeah. Because <laughs> they've been a huge partner for us. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes, they've been terrific. They really have been. And they're close by. So it's it's very convenient. Yeah, I think another podcast is for sure in our future because I think <laughs> we could talk about a lot of different things. But to wrap it up, I wanted to have you guys give any sort of life advice, maybe whether it's to some someone dealing with a hard time or someone that's kind of at their wit's end and they just don't feel like they're good enough and they don't feel like they can succeed and maybe it's time for them to start fresh and start in a new direction and create some new dreams. So what kind of advice would you give someone like that? And like, what are your life mottos that you give to some of these kids? Well, my life motto is be kind and don't give up. Those (laughs) are both good. (laughs) Something you really want or it's really important you know, keep going, keep trying, Yeah. you know, don't give up. It's things are not always easy, but I always feel like you can change things and make things better. No matter what it is, there's always a different route that you can Definitely. push to do. Yeah. And also just to be kind. I think there's not enough kindness out in the world. And when I look at Marty and how kind he is, it's starting from the first day I met him, how kind he was to how incredibly kind he is to all of his coaches, his kids, everybody. He's like this incredible positive force that that I am very proud to be associated with, with this program. And I'm really proud of all of it. I think what we're doing is just right what the world needs. hundred <laughs> percent. And of course, my, I know this sounds so cliche is never give up no matter what your circumstances are, no matter where you come from, yeah. no matter what your home situation is, never give up. And like Annie said, I think it's stay humble, 
and be kind and treat folks like you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And the third thing I think is critical is be open-minded. Yeah. You know what I mean? Be open-minded and don't be afraid to ask for help or speak to folks. Yeah. Because I think that's so big in our community. People don't want to open up. Yeah. And just speaking to somebody and talking to somebody about your problems, so many solutions could come out of it. You don't know who you're talking to, who they might know, and how much support they can give you. You know what I mean? So so totally. stay humble, be kind, and open up to folks and stay open-minded. You guys are so inspiring. I love it. It's This is amazing. I'm so glad I've gotten to chat with you. Now, if anyone listening is interested in helping out or giving back, how can they get in touch with you? What's the best way to do so? Probably the best thing to do is go to our website, which is pbjtp.org. So it stands for Pete Brown Junior Tennis Program.org. We would love donations if anyone wants to donate for Christmas. We'll be happy to have it. Also, if anyone is interested in coming out on December 14th to have a really fun day with a lot of kids and a lot of crazy fun for the holidays to help on the courts, uh, serve lunch, hand out free things, toys, gifts, uh, we'd love to have them at Harvard Park. And there's the address and everything on the website. So you're very welcome to come and enjoy yourself. And it's kind of a reunion for a lot of tennis people in the area. So it's, it's a pretty fun day. I bet. And we'll make sure to add all of that in the show notes. So anyone that is listening, they should be able to click and we'll add the address, the date, the time and all that as well. So it'll be easy. Great. Thank you so much, Michelle. We really appreciate being a part of your podcast today. Oh, of course. Marty, any last words? Well, I appreciate this, Michelle, also. And just to let everyone know, we're on all the major platforms. We're on Instagram, Pete Brown Jr. Tennis Program. We're on Twitter, the Pete Brown Jr. Tennis Program. So you guys can see what we're doing, see the impact we're providing in these communities. Yeah. And we love volunteers. We love volunteers. So. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to ask, that was one of my questions. We just ran out of time, but I'll ask it anyways. About how many volunteers do you guys have and in what capacity are the volunteers helping out? Right now, we have about 15 volunteers. Nice. And they're doing everything from mentoring the kids to helping with events to pitching a ball at a kid, to brightening a kid's day. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of opportunities for volunteers. Okay. But right now we're right around 15 and could use a lot more. Yeah. So anyone out there listening, especially in the LA area, looking for volunteers. And I'm assuming makes your heart feel good every day that you're there out there. So absolutely. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. I can't wait to talk to you again. And thank you so much for what you're doing for the community and for the sport of tennis. All right. And happy holidays, everyone. And thanks for all Tennis Warehouse does. We love Tennis Warehouse. Thank oh, you, Michelle. Of course. I appreciate it. Good talking to you. <laughs> thank you guys bye now thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode i hope you were as touched as i was i'm really excited to get more involved with the pete brown junior tennis program and if anyone is interested in joining us on december 14th down in los angeles feel free to reach out to me at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com or you can go to their website which is www.pbjtp.org and you can learn more about their program and how you can get involved thanks so much for listening until next time happy hitting happy hitting